if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's episode on Horse Chats, we're going to be talking to Johan Schleser, which will be quite interesting about saddles, saddle fitting and identifying horses for lameness or soreness from their saddles. Johan Schleser was qualified for the 1984 three-day eventing European Championships on his Hanoverian. Trouble is, the horse was retired for lameness and that ended his riding career. Now Johan's working with equine professionals for knowledge and understanding about how to make horses comfortable and to protect their backs. He believes that no horse should suffer for rider ignorance, nor should any horse have to be put down because of the damage that's so severe nothing more can be done. Johan Schleser's calling is to help the horse, and that's what we're going to talk to him today. How are you, Johan? Very well. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. That's okay, Johan. With your wealth of knowledge, we're delighted to have you on. I'm sure that we're going to learn lots just by talking to you and the education you can give us today. Yeah. Now, Johan, we normally start off with a favorite quote. What do you have for us? What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, the people who know the how will always follow the people who know the why. And if you think about it, You know, there's a lot of opinion out there, but if we focus on saddle fitting and we think about it, there's so many confusion out there and everybody has an opinion. But today we have scientific facts what will protect your horse and yourself from long-term damage, which can cause by saddles while still following the nature and the laws of nature. Yeah. Yeah. I think back the way that saddles have changed, you know, since the time that I've been riding, they were heavy, you know, heavy saddles and they're much lighter, much more flexible now. They were quite solid, quite stiff, the older saddles. They've changed quite a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And in 1984, you were eventing as a three-day event rider. But how did you get into the whole saddles? What started there? Well, my interest was always uh, the medical side. I wanted to be a veterinarian and, and anatomy was passion for me. And um, when I was riding and making models at that stage, I never really connected these two, how important it is that the saddle fits the horse. I remember like yesterday, you know, my horse got better and better. And, and we saw the Olympics in Los Angeles coming closer and closer. And so but the better the horse got, the more muscular the horse got, so more little signs showed up, which today we know through science, that's horse, horses speak. That's why I entitled my book, Suffering in Silence. But my horse was suffering in silence. And, and I didn't listen to him, you know. And, and it, it's what gets me out of bed to, to, to every morning. It says, wow, there's so many people who love the horses so much, but they don't know what the, what the saddle can do on damage to their horses. 
Now, of course, the first thing is that, well, I don't use a saddle anymore. I go bareback. But bareback pads and, and treeless saddles have shown over the years not to be the answer, too. So how did I get into this? I got into it that they say nobody should lose their best friend because of not knowing. Nobody should hurt their horse unintentionally. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer as a manufacturer or as a saddle fitter, there's nobody out there who wants to hurt these horses. And today we cannot say anymore with the internet, with everything, what is to our fingertips that we don't know. You know, it, it's out there. And, and I really like to show when we come to Equitana, to Australia, to, to all these demonstrations we do, to show people how easy it is to recognize if your horse is indeed in pain from the sound. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's one thing, you know, that you talk about suffering and silence. The horses may not be telling us in English, but they're telling us some, some ways, aren't they? What's some of the ways that they would say, you know, if you were watching a horse, watching a video, watching a horse or around a horse, what sort of typical signs should we be looking for that there's a problem with the fitting of the saddle? I have worked over the years with so many great horse people and they put that so easy in words. For all of you out there who's been around horses, you know what I'm saying when we say the eyes and ears of the horse don't lie. Look at how the eye can be very deep, brown, big, like a big teddy bear eye. And look at the ears, you know, and, and how the ears go. And that's why I put that as my, in my first book, right on the front page, you know, the eyes and ears don't lie. And all the super people, if it's from Monty Roberts to Pat Pirelli, John Lyons, Jim Masters, and all these horse expert people who say, you know what, the horse will tell you and if it's a saddle-related issue, look how he when you approach with the saddle, what is he doing? What is he telling you? Is he swishing with his tail? Is he moving away from you when you girth it up? Is he stumping his leg? Is he throwing up his head up and down? Then the best advice, the best advice I ever got from a very good friend of mine, he lectures to 2,000 veterinarians every year about saddle He says, Jochen, pay attention to the first 20 minutes. Don't wait until the nerves or muscles are numb from ill-fitting saddles. The first eight circle tell you everything. Is this tail sucked in between the hind legs when they walk or trot? Or is it carried nicely and swinging back and forth? Does he track up? Does he lick? If the horse doesn't have foam in his mouth in the first eight circles, he obviously is not chewing on the bit. Now you can say, hey, I'm a bitless rider. I don't use the bit. Fair enough. That horse should still be chewing. So there is so many easy signs to pick up. The biggest sign, however, trust your intuition. There's this energy between horse and rider, which I love. That's why I do what I do. And that's what makes me so happy every day when you remove the pain of the horse's back. And you as a horseback rider, have felt it. There is a time, it's hard to put it into words, but the horse is happy, the horse wants to work, wants to perform for you, and it's not like a push and shove. It's a great, great um, partnership. And the horse, when he shows pain, remember, the horses are the masters of disguise. They know how to hide pain 
otherwise they get eaten in a while. So these are the little signs I can give with you, such as when you grow up, you see moving away, you see biting you. When you trot, you see it's not licking in the first eight circles. If the horse is not tracking up, look at the sand. Did he step over or not? So there is so many signs, and that's why I felt compelled to, to write this book and, and put over 55 free videos on the YouTube for people to learn and see. I know, and it's, that was a long <laughs> answer to your questions, but I'm so passionate about people to really listen to their horses. Yeah, yeah. I can hear the passion in your voice. What I'm thinking, though, you know, and I know, I know that you're saying trust your intuition and look for the freedom of movement in the horse. Look at those first eight circles. Look at the reaction that the horse is giving, you know. Take the first 20 minutes before the horse's back gets numb and all the nerve endings are numb. But the difference between, and I want this question because I know that listeners will be asking it, how do I know it's a training problem or a saddle problem? How am I going to tell the difference? There's a problem with my horse. I don't know if it's training or I don't know if it's a saddle problem. How can we tell the difference? Okay, that's actually a very, very, very easy answer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to approach that question from, from two different sides. Yep, good, good. I don't judge anymore yep. and I don't compete or train horses anymore. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit on the side, on the front side. But yep. Yep. it's a very simple process of elimination. Good, good. And yep. even if you do not know, hey, is saddle A, B, or C better? By just switching the saddles, you know immediately, oh boy, it's definitely the saddle. Let's say it's a training issue and you have two or three different saddles and you put the saddles on and each individual saddle, the horse will give you the same resistance. Mm-hmm. He will not pick up the left lead or he won't go forward. You know, or he is just not getting on to the contact. So by switching the saddles, let's say saddle number two, all of a sudden he's soft, he's supple, he goes through the pole, he's licking, he's chewing, he's tracking up, left lead, right lead, easy. Right? And he's, he's like going forward. Well, there you go. Obviously, okay. it was a saddle issue. Yep. If you borrow three, four different saddles, you find that out very fast. It is a saddle or training issue. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's very much common sense, isn't it, the the process of elimination? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, you talked about bareback and saddle pads not being the answer. Why aren't they the answer? Well, I'm quite happy to to come to Australia at this time. Mm. There's a massive research that's concluded in Scotland, and they have shown shown that at 4.56 kPa, we in North America here say pounds per square inch, the tissue already gets damaged. In other words, if we have too much pressure in a local area, yep. the muscle doesn't get enough nutrients and oxygen to grow. Mm-hmm. Glenn, let's listen to this statistics. Horses have 5% as a disease kissing spine. Riding horses, in average, have 5% kissing spine. A Western mm-hmm. horse, 45%. In English horse, are you ready for this? Yeah. Over 80%. Wow. Now, you got to ask yourself this question. How come, and I don't know how heavy your Australian riders are, but here in North America, our reiners, our 
uh, guys who ride Western, they're pretty heavy. They're 250 pounds. And the mm. saddles, they're 65 pounds, 50 pounds Western saddles. Yep. So please tell me, how come a quarter horse has a better back, less atrophy than an English saddle? Mm. Like an English saddle has, it's only 20 pounds, and that's a heavy one. Yep. And the average rider, no more female riders, uh, let's say around 150 pounds, so 200 pounds, li- uh, 100 pounds less. Yep. And yet the English horses have more kissing spine and more atrophy. Now, yes. I remember when I worked in England in 85, there was through the Society of Master Sagda, we were like, like wrecking our brain. I said, what's with the atrophy behind the shoulder? And we see this massive problem in everywhere in the world. If it's in racing and show jumping and in dressage and eventing. So now, after this research concluded, we have found out that the area where the horse can and I'm going to do this demonstration in huge and in, in major detail. And what I'm showing there is that there is an area that the horse can carry up to 350 pounds for eight hours. That's a lot. But if you decrease the area, then your saddle, your boots, your stirrup irons, your helmet, everything you wear, including your gear, can't be more than 170 pounds. So who in this world, adults, are around 117 pounds, not a lot. So we have a, a, a big problem, a big recognition, and we, we know now, uh-oh, if we do not distribute the weight properly, we will see and continuously see this atrophy on this English horses, increasing kissing spine, and now we go back. I finally come to your question. So this research showed that the old army saddles or Western saddles that's the biggest saddle, the bigger ones that cover more area over the horse. Yep. Exactly. And then an English saddle, if it's not fitted properly, which I will explain in detail at the Equitana yep. in Melbourne. Yep. If that doesn't fit, then you only have a third of that area. That means a third of 350 pounds is only 117 pounds. Now, if you go treeless, your pound per square inch goes over 15 kpi. This is huge. That means where your seat bones go in, there is, it's kind of like somebody's poking you constantly with your finger in your lower back. What you want to do is says, okay, enough with the poking, and you're going to kick out, <laughs> or you're going to tighten your back so much so that your poking fingers, the left and the right seat bones, yep. are not so hurtful. Mm-hmm. So by tightening your back, your back hollows, and guess what that means? Your haunches can't engage, you'll land hard on the forehand, all the injuries go up and your back hollows, hollows, hollows. Your shoulders might go free and flopping in the front, but the back is totally hollow, right? And we yes. have an increase in kissing spine. Mm. Many mm. people do not realize kissing spine is a disease, but it's also a problem if the horse gets ridden hollow. And unfortunately, history, we had amazing historians who worked on, worked on, on all my books, and they have shown over the four and a half thousand years, humans make saddles. Every hundred years, we try what we call treeless saddles. And then we find out, hmm, not so good. Yep. And to marketing and innovation, we I hate to say what I'm going to say now, but that's unfortunately the disgusting part. I hate about my industry. We fool the clients and we, we fool the horse lovers with this fancy advertising and they go out 
and buy treeless saddles or bareback pads, and little they know, they apply four times the pressure the muscle can sustain. Mm-hmm. And that is so sad. Otherwise, you know, if, if that would be the answer, how come not all the Olympians go treeless saddles? And by all means, the, the, the companies such as myself would welcome that because I don't have so much problems with my workers who, who have constantly <laughs> problem with pulling leather tight over a wooden tree, you know, yep. or, or other trees. Yep. So if it's uh, easy to build, then it's the reason why we do what we do. It's back to my quote. People who know the how will always follow the people who know the why. Yep. Why are we making saddles? To distribute the weight, to minimize the pound square square inch the muscle has, the nutrients what we need. Long yes. answer to the short question, but I really needed this across. Now, we have veterinary, we got very good research papers, which does all very bad what I'm saying, because I'm a son of a physicist who does not just make statements. You know, we, we need to see evidence such as we work with the girls from France, what has a GPS and a heart monitor. We have computerized saddle pads from Germany, what calculate the shear factor. Many people ask me, what's the shear factor? A normal computerized saddle pad measures pressure. So if you put your hand on your thigh and you pressure hard down on your thigh, that's direct contact on your thigh from top to bottom. But if you measure the side of your thigh, your hand would slide on the side. That's a shear factor. So there are so many good computerized saddle pads now on the market that we can A, prove one is pressure too high before the muscle atrophy, and B, when, and we know that from the human medicine, if my pulse of my animal is up or the human and the heart rate is rising, the horse not only suffers on physical pain, on psychological pain, because that relates directly to the stress level of the animal. Mm-hmm. I know I'm talking all over the place. and I, I No, no, because you're, you're bringing in the training factors as well, you know, because I think the training and, and the psychological outlook of the horse, I think that's important. And I think if we're talking about the whole subject of horse welfare, It's not just about the saddles, it's about the whole overall aspect. And I think the science that we're able to do now, the monitoring, the feedback that we can get, the technology we've got is so much better now that all of these these studies now are coming forward. And now you know why people, as you said, every hundred years or so, they come in that saddle pads and treeless saddles and riding barebacks very popular, but then it goes out again. But now we know the science behind it, that the saddles actually Absolutely. can distribute the weight. Yeah. Yeah. No. So this is good. I understand. I don't think you're jumping around. I think you're just covering a broad subject and relating it all to each other. So this is excellent. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know what I call this. The people know the how. Mm. We always follow the people on the why. Mm. You know, so if you lose your best friend, like I did, yes. you know, this horse carried me everywhere. One of your questions you know, sent me earlier was like, what is the biggest memory? I remember, and that brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. It's my horse did everything for me. Yep. You know, and the horse is kind of, I compare it a lot to ballroom dancing. No, I can push a woman back and forth and tangle with her walls or 
with the cha-cha, but if there is a harmony, the dance is gorgeous. Mm. It's beautiful. And the anticipating from each other. And same like with the dog, you know, when 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 that friendship and the, the, the in sync with the human and same horse, you know, that is so huge for us as a eventing team that we must trust our partner blindly when he jumps to a fence and you don't see the landing. So when you find out you hurt your best friend unintentionally, then you know why I get out of bed every morning and says, let's see how many horses I can save today mm. and educate people from not knowing what they don't know. Again, yes. I can only repeat it over and over again. I do not believe there's a single person in this world Maybe I should be careful with that statement. But the majority of the people do not get up in the morning and think, let's see how much I hurt my horse. No, no, definitely not. Yep, yep, for sure. And I think that's why the horse community is the horse community, that we've got that interest in horses because we're concerned for the horse. They are a best friend, that we are concerned for their welfare and that we need to know more. We, we All the time we want to know more about how to get a better partnership. I think that's what we're looking for. We're looking at horse welfare. We're, we're also concerned about people safety as well. So, you know, I'm sure that a good fitting saddle is along the list of people safety. It's That's important. Yes. And I think that yes. just as a community, and I think that's why horse people are drawn to horse people as a community, as a type of person or personality type that we are drawn to horses. We love the connection that we get and we love the um you know, the, yeah. the interaction. So so I'm sure that everyone is interested. Mm. That's awesome. What I'd like to add, so here is what absolutely shocked me because before it was just a hunch, yep. but now we got data. You know, when I was in Cambridge in England, the university, it was beautiful. They have anything you can think of, any type of horse, saddle, any type of rider. And they had this a mechanical horse and we fitted the saddle to this mechanical horse and then you ride yes. to the test, whatever you pick. Are you ready for this? Yes. The saddle was fitting this mechanical horse absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And by switching a different rider on it, it was the worst fit ever. And you know oh. what the difference was? No. The rider. Yeah, okay. The okay. rider was the only thing what changed. And this is a very sensitive subject because people don't want to hear this subject. But when I... Hard lesson. When I had students, I was ripping my hair out when my students didn't do what I said. And you know who these worst students were? Now, I know I'm going to ruffle up some feathers, but I want to have a very good comeback with us. Yeah. It was the girls, the ladies. Uh I did not understand why the girls never listen or the ladies never listen. And then I had to get off. I have to pull them off the horse. I show them. I said, now you ride it. (laughs) So here is the fact. The fact is, the first thing my master saddler taught me when I make a ground seat in a Western saddle or form a seat in an English saddle, you make the front of the seat very pointy. I'm sorry that I'm going to be a little bit, hopefully not too rude, yeah. but the front of the part has to be a rooftop in the crotch mm-hmm. area so the male part go left or right. No right. female wants to sit on the rooftop. Okay. And our seat bones are narrow because we as guys don't have a birth channel. We have a narrow seat bone and our tailbone is long. Mm-hmm. Guess how our seat form is completely different than on the female. Okay. So 
the first thing I ever saw it, and that's when we patented this in 1996, we patented a female ski, yep. is, and we said, oh my God, the tailbone short on the girl, the hip sockets are more forward in the pelvis. The girls do not want to sit on a fence post or a rooftop. By changing the seat, the ground seat in the Western saddle or the seat in the English, the ladies do not have to have such pain. And thank God we got parents and we got doctors who write about the three common damages on ladies, mm -hmm. which are hip, knees, lower back, and chronic blood and kidney infection. I could not believe it when I read it. So I'm going to bring these books with me to Australia to show them. And I will show them. And it says, okay, if for four and a half thousand years, man-made saddles for men, and now since the late 70s, we have the majority of the rides are now female, especially in the English world, yep. sitting on male saddles. There's not a single Western guy, not a single Western rider who would ride the horse in the female Wranglers, in female jeans. Yeah, they yeah. all have male jeans. Yep. So now can you imagine, that's just cloth. But if you as a girl has to sit on hard foam, steel, wood, leather, or a frame or a plastic, what is made for a male seat. So it has been now shown, and again, through computerized saddle pads, that a girl who rides in the male saddle does not absorb the nice swinging back. She actually is like a bad instrument what doesn't play in the same tunes. So for people who listen and understand music, you know it sounds horrible if you're not in the same tune. For mm. the riders who are listening, you all know when you swing with the back, how easy. But if you're not in the right swing and the right movement, it's hard on your back. Well, time two on the horse's back. So yes. here you have a very good saddle, and it fits the horse good. But I tell you something, if it doesn't fit the gender appropriate, your weight is double. And that's what has shown at the University of Cambridge that the rider who weighs 113 pounds, 113 wrote like a 228 pound rider because she did not absorb the swing of the horse because she came, she protected herself. Yep. She didn't want to wrap it in the yep. front. So she pushed herself in the rear of the saddle. Now she sits over the floating rib where the horse cannot carry. And then it's a very easy demonstration. I will demonstrate at the Equitana in Australia. No horse can carry you over the floating rib. So if the, if the riders are consciously protect themselves, you become twice the weight. And here's the guy who's weighing 180 pounds to ride softer. And that is fact. The horse was me a mechanic. The saddle didn't even get ungirthed. The computerized saddle pad doesn't have opinion. It just measures what it measures. And by just putting a female ground seat in, let the ladies pivot the pelvis back and forth there's 35 books written by Professor Miners from Germany. 35 books. How to have a pliable seat as a Western rider, English rider, pleasure rider, even as a polo player. So if you have the pliable seat, you are swinging with the back, you're playing in the same tune, and guess what? That's what the magic of riding is. When horse and spine, just horizontal, and human spine, which is vertical, melt into one mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. that is heaven on earth in my point of view yes
Yeah. Look, you've, you've given me a lot to think about there, you know, and it's something that, that people have just not thought of, the male-female saddle seat. Yeah, yeah. And and what male will ever buy female pants to go riding? No, that's right. What female would ever go in, in, in male equipment to do any kind of a sport? Mm-hmm. But yet every day we see it in the English sport riding, and every day the poor horse suffers. And you know what? They will take. And yeah. here those light ladies ride twice the weight, unintentional. And we can show it with our thermography, with our heart monitor, and with our computerized saddle pad. Because that is just data, and it's not opinion. Yeah, wow. wow. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, yes. And how long have you had it patent? 1996. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying to me in that one email you sent, what's the biggest uh, challenge you have or yeah, regret? Yeah. I wouldn't say regret, but challenge yeah. is that in this industry, we're dealing with so much passion and love that people very often fall for the wrong tune. And it's so easy to make so much money on it. And I have now five academies around the world where I teach this to veterinarians, body workers, trainers, saddle manufacturers, and saddle fitters. Mm-hmm. So anybody who wants to learn this, but if you take it the wrong spin, people make a lot of money very fast and they do it for the money and not for the horse. And that's what I regret about this whole thing. Mm, that mm. this part money, the horse will always pay the highest price with their backs, with their health, with their life. And yep. that hurts me. Yep, yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Johan, if we were looking to see if the saddle fits the horse, what pointers can you give us? Now that we're thinking about the patented, the male, female, I'm sort of thinking about how many saddles fit me. But if we're just looking at the horse and, and we're choosing, you know, we might have the choice of three saddles. We can't really, we haven't looked at the horse yet, but just I suppose the horse is going to tell us what fits best. But even before we get to that stage of working the horse and having the horse perform in the saddle, as we've got the saddle on the horse, what sort of things should we be looking for? Okay, this is actually my favorite part because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. In the old days, in the old days, we had control of the breed and we had control who ride. And we went, especially in England, by measuring the horses in hands. The king's hand was four inches wide. So a certain horse was 15-3, whatever. And to this day, we find cavalry books where the soldier mapped out the horse's back. And that's how easy it is. You go to the end of the mane and you go eight inches down where the end of the mane is. Most horses, edge of the scalp with their ends there. So you make a line, wet your thumb, go against the hairline, eight inches. Then you look at the flank. The flank, if the sun hits it right or the fluorescent light in your stables, you see the ring of light. Or when the horse got rained on it, you see on the flank how the water runs a particular line. That's where the hairline comes together. You go straight up there. And that is anywhere from 13 to 21 inches. So that is away from the cartilage of the horse and the shoulder. There's also a point, I call it the bladder meridian point 13 that comes from the Chinese medicine where they do acupuncture. It reflects to the heartbeat of the horse. It's the lung meridian point. So if your saddle 
slides too far forward. Your Western saddle, polo saddle, army saddle, side saddle, English saddle goes on that point. Your horse is have a hard time breathing and he's tired. And you wonder, I wonder why he's not going forward. It could be a very simple thing. So we have two borders, the front and the back. The rear, in the Western world here in North America, we strap a strap around the flank and that pulls hard on the spinal uh, transverse processes. And when I pull tight there, that was bucks like crazy. So that, we call that actually the bucking reflex points. So if you want your horse to, horse to pace, tilt, gait, or hollow, hyperflexion, to go inverted, we put axis pressure there. Now that's axis pressure negative for some mankind show horses, which I can't stand. And I know I make a lot of enemies right now, but I don't care. Because for the long being, the horse will always needs to have injection in the stifles and the hocks and the SIs full of steroids because the horse cannot articulate their joints properly. If you pass, we call it the rain line or in the flank, the ring of light. In my book, I have written quite a bit about that so you can identify it. Then you take your hand width, your hand width of four inches on top of the spine two inch from each side. Each side of the spine, there are two inches approximately away, the cervical nerves coming out. Now, if I tickle your feet, you do a reaction because you, I, on, on the bottom of our feet is a lot of nerve endings. So if you hit a nerve ending, the muscle spasms or, or, or tightens. So I can go along the spine of each horse, even a little baby, I never had a saddle on, and I touch those nerve endings on the spine and I say, oh, Look how sore your horse is. And I tell you a little magic story and people say, oh, my poor horse needs a new saddle. That would be the worst thing because that's what every horse does. So what do we learn from it? Stay off those nerve endings. Every Western saddle, I have seen Western saddles in Pakistan. I have Western saddles in Argentina. I grew up there. I've seen Western saddles. I've been just in Russia at the World Cup uh, soccer games. So everywhere I have traveled all over the world, I see expensive and inexpensive western saddles, but they all have four inches wide bars. In the English world, and it's in the English world, you see saddles not very wide. The channel is very narrow. Mm. Okay, And they yes. sit on the spine. So if you want to know how your saddle fits, make a fist. If you're a lady, make a fist, and that fits better fits all the way from front to back. If you have an English, sorry, if you have a western saddle, you'll Pretty much 99.9% sure the bars are four inches apart. Okay? The saddler may run the leather in the fleece up there, but the bars where the weight is distributed is four inches apart. Sadly, 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 especially, as I already said, I grew up in Buenos Aires. Most of polo saddles are play, uh, uh, built there. The channel is not as wide as a horse needs. So back to your question, how do I know if my saddle fits? That no matter what style you have, you have a better four inches wide space from front to back. And just front won't be enough. Especially on the back, has to be four inches. Then on the west, that's the last most important part. I left the best for last. If you ever see a lion take up the cup, a bear bites a little baby bear cup, and they grab him on the neck. Same what the cat does. The kitten goes numb, right? So it yes. goes, just hangs there. So when stallions fight, for the mares. When stallions fight for dominance, 
they bite on the lower neck or they bite on the lower leg. But if they have them on the scruff, around the withers, okay, you can have the girls. And when the stallion breeds the mare, he bites her in the withers. Because that around the withers is the worst area you can possibly pinch with your saddle. Why? Because in 35 million years, these animals fought for dominance, lead, and when they breed the horse. Because when they bite in that withers, the mare, the stallions won't run away. They give up. And the back muscle, the longest muscle on the horse's back, longest muscle, pulls the pelvis forward. It rotates open and the stallion can breed the mare. Now, if you ride, imagine this. The skullet plate is so tight and it pinches this withers. Now you beat the horse, go forward, go forward, or you have sharp spurs. You have to ride 20 minutes before that reflex. What's in that animal in 35 million years? Let's go. So here's how you can check it. Every English saddle has a D-ring. I don't care if it's the cheapest saddle you've ever seen on the market or the most expensive saddle in the market. An English saddle has a D-ring, D-ring where you attach a, a, a little handle or a breastplate. And under that D-ring, a pencil width has to fall each side and the saddle is not girthed on and if the saddle is not mounted so the saddle sits loose without a saddle pad on the horse's back, you take a pencil on the left, pencil on the right, and that pencil better fall down the D-ring. It's not falling down the D-ring. By the time you put a saddle pad on it, by the time you put a girth on it, and the worst, by the time you sit on it, it the veterinarians call it the vice grip of the saddle. It, it creates such a force that your horse shows stumbling, biting when you girth. It won't go forward, and it goes hollow. And if you don't understand what kissing spinal hollow means, just make a fist. Push those fists together and wrap your knuckles as hard as you can back and forth. You won't do that more than two or three times. So, summarize. End of the withers. Make an eight-inch line. At the loin, where the ring of light is, where the rain line is, draw a line. On top of the spine, you have to have left and right two inches. And at the withers, where the main ends, you want four-inch down to the base of the withers. In that area, the pencil width has to really be moving up and down when the saddle sits loose on the horse without girth, saddle pad, or ride. Did that help you, Ben? Very much so, but I think this is one of those ones. I've actually put the time down that I've recorded and I've made some notes and I've got some stars. I'm going to have to go back and, and listen and get that. I mean, the meridian point, I, you know, I think I'll have to listen to that probably about 10 times to, to actually get it. Or <laughs> else, yeah, yeah. But I think that, yes, um, yeah, otherwise otherwise I should just get your book and your book, Suffering in Silence, is that right? That yes, will have absolutely. all this in- information in it? Yeah, yeah, I'm very proud to say that it's now in the fourth print mm-hmm. and many, many universities use us now. Okay. And I'm very tickled uh, that people use this reference because it is written with many other experts because, quite frankly, why would I write anatomy chapter? If I have a veterinarian who's a good rider, a good friend of mine, who can ride that much better. Same with the farrier side. But it's all circle of influence, what makes it so important to sit in the saddle. And remember, you can find all the books recommended by our guests at horsechats.com slash books. You can have a look at the guest page for the individual book they recommended or just look at the recommended books by order of popularity at horsechats.com slash books. 
books. Yes, I like the way that you've linked in the other bits as well. I think that's that's important. It's not mm-hmm. just this is your story, but you've linked in bits and pieces. And I'm thinking about conversations from our previous guests and some of the things that you've said have just complemented what they've said. You know, they might be the experts in their particular field, but you're the expert in this field, but you're linking it all in. The nicest part is if we stop thinking about ourselves and we listen to our horses, the joy these animals give us is beyond any money. Mm. My daughters Mm. always say to me, Daddy, you have the best paycheck in the world because I see when you come back from those fitting trips, your emotional paycheck is bigger than any of my friends' paycheck. Mm. Mm. Yes, that emotional paycheck, I think that's why we all do it, isn't it? It's not the financial, it's the emotional paycheck. Yeah. 100%. Now, I'm really happy. This is the third time I come back to Australia and This time, not just for honeymoon and and visit, (laughs) this time I meet with many veterinarians and many people who want to take the next step. Mm. Together with the German National Riding School, we invented and created a new job, which is actually sounds funny, which is a saddle police officer, but people didn't like the title, so we call it equine agonomist. And an equine (laughs) agonomist is if you look at the dictionary, it means measuring something three-dimensional. The backside of the rider, the back of the horse, and the saddle is all three-dimensional. Now, if you, and you ask me, what's professional, what do you need to be in order to be in this industry? You need to be a horse lover and not a mm. businessman. Mm. Mm. The horse will look after your wallet if you put the horse in first. Yep. It sounds pretty ooh out there and a little mushy, but it really works. If the horse is happy and they're they're licking, they're chewing their stuff through the pole, they use the haunches, the riders all of a sudden can sit their trot, and the horse is all of a sudden big, small back muscle rather than atrophy. We got so much data, so many equine journals with high citation. I know there's a lot of equine journals out there, but we will help with our school of saddle fit for life. And I'm very proud to say that our school is the only saddle-fitting school in the world where the equine agronomist has to be recertified every two years. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Yeah. And that's what I really am so happy to bring to Australia. Mm-hmm. If people want to contact you, and I know you're going to be at Equitana, but if someone's there waiting now, what's your contact details if people would like to contact you? What's your website if you'd like to say that? So my email, I can do my email first, is J-O-C-H-E-N, my name, Jochen. Yes. J-O-C-H-E-N, at Schleser, S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E, dot com. Yep. Okay, so that's where you can uh, reach me, send me an email, and go from there. And the other website is like my last name, S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E, dot com. So it's pretty straightforward. Yep. And uh, Glennis, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the time with you. Oh, <laughs> and, it's um, been great talking so to you. so much more to yeah. say. Mm. And it's so much good to see that our horses do not have to suffer in silence. Mm. And, and I'm so excited to give the people the options, Western, English, Polo, or cross-training, working equitation. Horses perform better, like I said before, in, in, in ballroom dancing if you become one soul rather than two enemies. 
Yes. And it's so much fun to do this job yep. and, and teach other people to do it. Okay. Johan, before you go, I'd like to just remind people that all those details, now we're going to put in the details. We'll put in a couple of your YouTube videos as well and put those on your page and also all your contact details and you'll be at Equitana in November. It'll be on horsechats.com slash Johan Slaser. But if you've missed that, it's J-O-C-H-E-N. If you go to horsechats.com and just search for that, or I think just search for Saddle, you'll find those details. Brilliant talking to you. I'd love to have you back again. I'm sure your your knowledge, I just want to talk to you all day, but I'm sure you've got plenty of other (laughs) things to do. And I think we'll we'll just have to get you back again. But meanwhile, thanks so much for your time today and um, looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Well, thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.